on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we would have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Radio 97.7, 100.1. the Radio, Utica, Rome. It's happening in Mohawk Valley. You can listen online. You can listen on the ESPN app. Just find that listen tab. Find ESPN Syracuse. Take us with you wherever you go. You can uh, listen on our podcast, which comes out at, in the future at some time. Subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. So you can listen to this program and all of our afternoon shows on your time, whenever you want, on demand. You could tell Alexa to play ESPN Syracuse. I mean, there's just so many ways to take in this show. You just can't get away from us. Nice try. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. Those are the ways to get in touch with the show. We are guest-free on this Monday. Let's spend some time with the people. Get your thoughts on a number of things. So chime in any way you want. We've got some hot takes to come as usual, including we have added and perhaps will crown the worst national anthem ever. If you saw Fergie Ferg last night before the NBA All-Star Game. The NBA All-Star Game, the Daytona 500, a few things over the weekend. I kind of wonder where they stand now in the sports discussion, something I wanted to discuss probably during hot takes but we might get to it before that we'll go on the blind side as we do every monday on this program seth has 10 questions for us we don't know what they are but we will attempt to wade through them anyway keeps us on the edge i like it it's like a brain exercise it's like the radio version of sudoku we ask you 10 questions you try and figure it out we'll do that a little later on in the show syracuse lacrosse oh dear we might have ourselves a problem here And I wonder how the fan base, let me put it to you this way, how patient they will be with a team that appears to be heading for rebuilding mode this year and has quite a bit of a challenge to build itself back up on the offensive side of the ball. That Binghamton game was a little deceiving. Was the Albany game that way too? And the the answer of what this team really is will lie somewhere in the middle. And what is that middle? So we will discuss that. But, of course, bracket watch, bubble watch, Syracuse basketball talk, certainly on the top of our minds, and we will get to that uh, throughout the program. do want to say, though, briefly off the top here, I want, everybody uh, loves puppies. It's funny how popular you are when you have a puppy. <laughs> so just wanted to say thanks. Got a lot of nice notes from people over the weekend. 
A lot of nice comments from people. Oh, how's the puppy? Puppy's great, by the way. Summit is great. Uh, thing with puppies at this age, though, is they are just chewing machines. They chew everything. They're cute and they're great. And, you know, knock on wood, we seem to have a very well-behaved Bernadoodle. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing her grow and train her. And she's just, she came to our, our house on Friday and it's just, it's like she's been there forever. It's amazing how comfortable she is now. But see, puppies at this age of, of any breed, they just chew everything. So we've had to basically, like, section off the house. It's a good thing I had some of those little baby gates left, right? So it's like you can be in the kitchen and you can be in, like, this living room we have, or dining room, I should say, because there's not a lot of things to chew, but she still finds things to chew. That she, like, that's a chair. Like, here, here's a squeaky toy. Like, that's fun. Or, like, you know, a bone that tastes like something. Chew this. But puppies are amazing because they just want to chew everything. So... When she grows out of the chewing phase, that'll be uh, that'll be better. But she's great. She's doing great. Everybody's loving the puppy. So we'll give you periodic summit updates as she goes through the, the training phase now. Raising a puppy and raising a child are, are very interesting. We talk a lot about pee and poop. That, that's basically what it comes down to. For the first two years of a child's life and the first year or so, maybe a little less than that, of a puppy, it all comes down to pee and poop. Did the puppy pee? Did the puppy poop? Did the puppy pee? Did the puppy poop? She peed? She poop? I mean, that's, what, that's really all it is. It's the same thing with the kid, you know? She peed? She poop? Change diapers? It's like that's that's what your life becomes for a few months. So that's pretty much it. So thank you for all the nice comments. Summit is doing great for now until she chews my shoe or something. Then we'll see how that goes. All right. Let's dig in, shall we? Now, that was a big win for the Syracuse Basketball Orange on Saturday. Look, I said it on Friday. That if you were someone who believed this team was done, that they did not have the depth, the talent, the offensive output, whatever it was that was holding you back from thinking this team could make a run to the NCAA tournament, that's fine. You can have that opinion. But what I also said then, and you know, I'm not in charge of these things, I just kind of made myself in charge of this. If they do, and I said this on Friday, beat Miami and get another Quadrant 1 win in their back pocket, which they did. And if they manage to get some wins down the stretch here with three enormous opportunities ahead of them, one being Wednesday night at the Carrier Dome, and this is shaping up to be a really big game. I mean, it was anyway, but now that Syracuse beat Miami, they now qualify for three Quadrant 1 wins. We'll go over the bracketology and all the latest bubble projections, but they're pretty much the last team in or near the last team in now. So that's good because they're trending the right way, but certainly it could go the other way quickly. That bubble could burst, and they've got work to do. But the best thing about that is they've got it all in front of them, starting with Carolina Wednesday, Duke after that, and then Clemson provide big-time wins. You've got a Boston College game that you have to win and take care of business in that doesn't really help your tournament resume, but it can hurt it if you lose, right? So... You know, however you label it, phrase it, what makes yourself feel better to talk about it, that's fine. But what I did say on Friday, and I will say again now, and we'll see how long this take lasts, because if they lose their last four, it's probably not even going to be a conversation to start with. You can't come back. I'm drawing the line. You're either in or you're out. 
You're either riding this wave till it hits the beach, wherever that shall be, and whenever that shall be, or you're out, and you think they're out, and if you turn out to be right, then you can come on back and say, I told you three weeks ago, this team wasn't going anywhere. Valiant effort. They fought through their depth issues. They picked up some good wins. They were a, a team that we admired, and they fought hard, but come on, man, I told you three weeks ago this team wasn't going. That's fine. That's completely fine, but... You can't come back in a couple of weeks if you're sitting here today telling me they're not going to get in, right? Because it just never made sense. If that's your opinion, if you don't feel they're good or bad enough, that's one thing. But it logically, it didn't make any sense at all. Because this is a Syracuse team, as I've said, and this continued on Saturday. We'll see if this continues going forward. But they seem to be peaking in certain areas where you want to be, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Now, here you have a game on Saturday where your best offensive player was awful for most of the game. And Tyus Battle had a rough day against Miami. But when it mattered most, he still had the confidence to get the ball and make a really big three-pointer to put Syracuse up 57-51. Here's Jim Beheim on how Battle played Saturday. Usually when Tyus doesn't shoot it well, we usually struggle to win and usually can't win. Um, I think the difference tonight, O'Shea and Marek and Frank had really good games and were able to pick it up, but Tyus still made a big shot we needed to have there. And that's what Tyus Battle can do for you. I Look, Frank Howard can be a frustrating player at times. He can make some mistakes. He can... Do some things that kind of make you roll your eyes. He had the double technical in the game prior to that. He's had some bad games all along. But the constant criticism of Frank Howard is something that I think is overstated. Guys, he plays all 40 minutes. He has the ball in his hand every possession. He literally has no backup. Geno Thorpe, gone. Howard Washington, gone. Braden Bayer, God bless the kid, but he only can give you, you know, a few minutes of spurt play here and there. He's an emergency option. For what Frank Howard is being asked to do, I think he is wading through it as brilliantly as you can. Are you going to make some mistakes when you have the ball in your hand every possession? Of course you are. I didn't like where he was trending free throw-wise going into this game, and this was a game where that didn't really matter. He only, I think, took two free throws in the entire game, right? But given what this team is, what he's being asked to do, the attention that the guards get, and look how he got away. He was being hounded in that game defensively and still found a way to break away, make some big shots. He was huge in that. It was a game of runs, 15-0 run here, 13-3 run there. They went back and forth on that. But in that 15-0 run that really kind of established some confidence for Syracuse, that had Frank Howard's fingerprints all over. I don't know what more you can ask the kid to do. I think it's, I just brought it up a few minutes ago in a different realm, but I think people have just kind of made their decision about Frank Howard and they've dug in on that opinion. And they refuse to acknowledge when he actually plays well. And I think you got to be fair about that. I've been critical of him before, but I'm also here to tell you when he plays well and when he overcomes that and when he leads this team, particularly when Tyus Battle. His backcourt mate wasn't playing well. Frank, I thought, was really good. He made buckets when we really needed him. Uh, he you know, likes is a really good little defender. He gets after people. I thought Frank handled that well. 
Uh, he only turned it over once. Uh, I thought he, he did a really good job. There's a thing right there. You usually judge Frank by turnovers. He only had one. And notice how this team is playing better on the offensive end, hitting some more shots. And that's not just him. It's it's Merrick. It's certainly O'Shea Brissett, who we'll get to momentarily. Can that make Frank Howard look better sometimes when players are making shots and doing what they're doing? Well, of course. But he's been setting them up all along if you've been paying attention. So I don't get that. And all I ask there is if you're going to, you know, dig in on an opinion one side or the other, begrudgingly if you have to, you have to <laughs> acknowledge when he plays well, and he did. Merrick Doljai has been great. He's been consistent. He has found a new confidence, that behind-the-back pass. Are you kidding me? That is the sign of a kid who's not only confident and is having fun, but has settled in. And it's like, wait, this ACC is tough, but the way I play, I found my niche there. Teams are leaving him open, which I'll tell you what, how long is that going to continue here? Because coaches are smart and they watch film, and I don't think he's going to continue to get the wide-open shots that he does, but... He has been the past couple games. He's been cashing in. Yeah, and I thought offensively, you know, that nobody's guarding Marek. And he got himself in the right spots where he could get that little shot, and he, and he made it. Those were big plays. Uh, I thought O'Shea was great tonight. You know, and Tyus had an off game, but, you know, you know he's going to make that shot at the end. He's made them all year. And that, that was the game, I thought, that three. Marek's two and then that three. And then Marek going to the foul line and making the one-on-ones. He's done that in, in all pressure situations this year. He's been good there. He has done that. What he has not been doing, what he's been hesitant to doing until recently, is take that shot. He would get the ball in that spot and pass it along. And eventually they just said, no, you need to take that shot. We need offense. They're leaving you open. If we can develop this, and we've heard stories about how many extra shots he takes, you know, not only during practice but after practice, and it's like, okay, that's starting to come together. And they need some kind of offensive output from him because you know he, he had great passes all along, added the behind-the-back pass, the free-throw line aspect of it, the rebounds, the defense, the, the grunt plays you knew you'd get from him. Now he's had just enough of an offensive game to help this team out. That's huge. But I've kind of buried the lead here, and, and I want to take a break and discuss this a little bit more on the other side. What is going to determine this team's fate in the postseason? is if O'Shea Brissett can continue on the pace he's on. If I had to narrow it down to one thing, there are certainly a number of factors that will get this team across the finish line. You can defeat teams left on your schedule. certainly will not be easy. But you can pick up Quadrant 1 wins in a number of ways. But given how limited Syracuse's is, quite literally, I think this trend has got to continue. I think the difference between this team going to the postseason or not, and I could turn out to be dead wrong on this, and I'm not trying to put any undue pressure on him. I'm just saying he's the X factor. He's the difference. Is if he continues to play with the confidence and the offensive surge that he's had. I wanted to get into that a little bit more on the other side. I do want to, again, we might save this for hot takes. I don't know if it'll come up next segment or not. It depends on how things go. But I do want to discuss some lacrosse today, a few other things that happened over the weekend. Yeah, I didn't watch a lot of the Olympics. It was on in our house yesterday. We had some company yesterday, and it was on, but I was playing Master Chef and cooking dinner and training the puppy. Stop biting that! And, you know, so I didn't, like, sit down and watch the Olympics a lot yesterday. 
It's interesting where the Olympics are at, though, in terms of ratings and what is getting people's attention and, you know, kind of some viral moments that are coming out of it. Did you see this? <laughs> like the most uninteresting ski run ever. It would be like if you and I got an Olympic bid and went down the, the ski half pipe. It was incredible video if you didn't see that. So we've got all that to get to. Your calls and your texts are welcome at 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. Hey, if you had today off, hope you're enjoying that. Glad you are hanging out with us even on your off day. If you had to work today and doing the thing as normal, well, glad to have you on board as well. Let's take a break. More on SU Hoops, more on O'Shea. A couple other things we'll hit as we'll go along. You're on the block. ESPN Radio, back after this. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. You are On the Block ESPN Radio. Great to have you here. A lot of things on the table today. We are guest-free today, so why don't you be my guest? 437-7644. The text line is 288-0644. Going back and forth between some hoops and a few other things. Set the phones now. John in Syracuse on the block with us here. What's up, John? Not much. Uh, who would have thought five or six years ago that uh, the University of Albany become a top three national power in this country? A lot of people, and, actually. And the top. A lot of people, actually. Scott Barr's yeah, a well, great coach, and he, he recruited the Thompson brothers and a lot of great players. Well, and that's they what were, I'm getting to. They, were a, and, they uh, were a program uh, on the rise. So to answer your question specifically, John, yeah, a lot of people. Well, Thought I realize that, but he's yeah. come, he has taken over New York State. And about five or six years ago, when Syracuse started spiraling downhill, the Thompson brothers were coming out of Lafayette. And I think you can blame this on Desco because he should have had those locked up. Because once you got those two kids, they would have been the Pied Piper like it's been at Albany. And you would have got a lot of five-star difference makers here. And now they're all going to Albany, just like this Natico kid, who's probably the best player to come out of high school in 10 years. And he only went there because he wanted to carry on the tradition of the Thompson brothers. And it's just spiraling totally one way for SU and totally the other for Albany. Well, you know, Syracuse has had its troubles in, in some areas. They've still attracted talent in others. I think uh, Serge Salcedo and Nick Mariano, thanks for the call, John, and some players they've had in recent years are as good as anybody in the country. So it's not a complete talent drain. And, look, I, we've discussed this at length. We all know the sport has grown and recruits go elsewhere. And, you know, there are players on the Syracuse roster from Portland, Oregon, and Texas and all kinds of places. Getting the Thompsons, and I think if you go back and look at that story, there were some academic circumstances. There were, you know, that was not the slam dunk people thought it would, but it was a miss. That would have been a huge boon for Syracuse, no question about it. Okay. I don't want to make excuses here. There's been some misfires for Syracuse in recruiting players they should have got and what they should be keeping up on. So where do we find the middle ground to me is the question. Because beating Binghamton 21-4 is one extreme. Losing to Albany 15-3 is another. Syracuse got absolutely thrashed on the face-offs in that game. 17 out of 22 face-offs go to Albany, who has probably the second-best face-off man in the country. Okay, Albany outshot Syracuse 50-23. to Syracuse had 14 turnovers, took all kinds of bad shots, in that game. It's a young team. 
Okay, and again, you can call it an excuse or you can call it reality. This is a young team that's kind of trying to find its way right now. Albany is on the top list of teams that can win the national title this year. So, John, when you call and say, who would have thought five years ago that Albany would be this good? The the answer is everyone. If you follow lacrosse, Albany is a program under Scott Marr that has been on the rise. Really, even before that, the Thompson brothers and a couple other things, I mean, that just put it over the top. But Connor Stevens and a number of players that Albany has, like, Albany didn't come out of the shadows here. Albany almost beat Syracuse a year ago at the Dome. It took an incredible comeback by that team a year ago to beat Albany. So that's not a good example. But if you're pointing at Syracuse and saying there's been some recruiting failures and there's been some things, and look, there's no question Syracuse has fallen short of what's expected here. Even with the growth of the game, even with everything that's happened on lacrosse, this is a you go to the Final Four or you did not succeed expectation. I think what we're starting to see, and it's very, very early, but... What we're starting to see is that this is a roster that's going to year. It's all told is probably going to need a year before they match that expectation. I mean, last year's team had all those one goal wins, all those comeback wins, number one in the country for a good stretch of the season, and lost a thousand in the tournament in a game that they just flat out got outplayed. So where's the middle ground? Where's the balance here? If you want to point fingers at Desco or point fingers at anybody and say, this isn't what we expect, I mean, Syracuse lacrosse fans are spoiled, so I don't blame you for that. And you have every right to be spoiled, too. Just look at the history and the success. But to cite Albany as your example of, well, who saw that coming? Well, everybody did. Now, if Syracuse loses to Binghamton or Syracuse loses to a program that doesn't quite fit that weight, then you could say, okay, Houston, we have a problem. Now, I'm not trying to sugarcoat this. Saturday, whoa, that's a very sobering experience to get absolutely walloped. That's the lowest goal total they've put up since 1991. Got beat 15-3, to only three guys score. I mentioned some of the other stats. I mean, that's a sobering, eye-opening thing. And you get Army this week, who's always tough, is a top-10 team, is kind of a team on the rise here, and we know the Syracuse schedule won't let up after that. They play a Notre Dame football type of schedule. So, hottest fire makes the strongest steel. I guess we'll see about that. I know a guy who always likes to talk lacrosse, wants to add to this conversation, Doug in North Syracuse. What's up, Doug? Brent, how are you, man? I'm good, sir. John, Thanks for calling in. Just to address John for a second, John, you have to be the most negative lacrosse person I have ever listened to in my entire life. You're beyond belief. You're probably the only person who wouldn't, who wouldn't expect that, Sarah, that Albany could come in here and give Syracuse a battle? Um, this was just a tough game, Brent. It really was. There, there was nothing that went right for Syracuse, and that is not, a, not any form of an excuse at all. Albany came in and put a whooping on them. But I'll remind you of this. In 2014, Duke came in and handed uh, Syracuse their runs to the tune of 21-7. to It was the worst wallowing they had taken in 35 years. They met him for the ACC title game and beat him 17-16, like the Donahue game over to see you later. This is a February lacrosse game. It's a wake-up call for the boys. You know, I'm not ready to toss in the towel for these boys. And, John, I want you to think of something for just a second. I want you to just, just visualize the color for a second. What color string does Alfie Jacques put in his sticks when he makes them, buddy? What color is Albany? If you think that purple color 
doesn't attract the Native Americans. You've got another guest coming, buddy. So there's my little two cents worth, and thanks for giving me the time. Doug, thanks for the call. And, you know, credit to what Scott Moore has done out there. Yeah, the Thompson brothers went there, and other players, Native American or otherwise, want to follow suit. Good for him. Good for him for doing that. And there's about five, six other programs out there, Denver and rising programs in college lacrosse. Notre Dame's not a fair way to to phrase them that way. But, you know, Notre Dame lacrosse, say, 10 years ago was up and coming. Now they're an established program. I mean, the question is, and I've heard this complaint from some people, and the word that has been thrown around, and it's a strong word, is lazy. That Syracuse got lazy in recruiting. And I I don't see that generally. When I see players from Portland, Oregon, and Texas, and all points of the... If you're lazy, you're just going to the same place as you always go. Okay, let's go to West Jenny, and let's go to the same recruiting ground we've always gone to and get players there. Lazy means you're not recognizing where the players are, how to recruit them, you know, how big the club scene is, and other places you got to recruit. So I don't know if that's the right word to use. Are they recruiting in the right way, going to the right places in terms of talent that they can get? Because it used to be a big deal to say, hey, Syracuse is online too. Now you got to outwork some people. So. How's that going in recruiting? I mean, this we could do a whole show on this, right? 437-7644. We'll see. That's a big wake-up call. And I'm, I'm, Doug makes a fair point to say Duke 2014, and then they circled back and beat that team. I think that team had a lot more talent than this one, a lot more experience than this one. I'll be curious to see how they respond to this. Because if you want to lose 15-3, to you want to do it now. And you want to get humbled that way. And you want to figure out what the fix. And when you lose 17 to 22 faceoffs, speaking of that Duke team back a few years ago in that title game when Syracuse just couldn't get the ball back, well, I guess you start there, right? You start with all the missed shots. You start with the turnovers. You start with things like, wow. Yeah, it's early in the year, but, boy, Syracuse teams typically – aren't that bad. But frustration builds. The defense got tired. I mean, look, they got their butts kicked. How they respond to that is going to, I'm as interested as anybody. You better be ready for Army. Anybody that knows Army lacrosse knows that no matter how good, bad, or ugly they are, and they're good this year, they're going to run you up and down that field for four quarters. All right, let's slide to a break here. We'll do some hot takes coming up. I'm kind of curious about where two big events that took place this weekend kind of stand now they're there we check in on them we watch them i just don't know how much bigger they can get how about that for a tease we'll discuss that coming up more on syracuse hoops of course we'll go on bracket watch all the latest there you're welcome to join the conversation you want to talk more a lot uh, lax we can do that too stay right there you're on the block espn radio thank you bye-bye 